Welcome back, everybody, to the TV Talk Machine podcast. I am the co-host of this podcast, Jason Snell, and across the internet for me, your host, chief TV critic at The Hollywood Reporter, Mr. Tim Goodman. Hi, Tim. Jason, how are you doing? Just dandy. How about you? I am. Uh, I I have a glass of uh, very very like three times as much as I normally pour in a wine glass, uh, filled with very chilled rosé. So I'm good. All right, good. Mm-hmm. You're fortified for the podcast. Yeah, because it's warm in here. Mm-hmm. All right, so so big glass of wine, and I'm going to warn everybody out there: we are checking the box early this week. <laughs> So everybody get ready. Hang on to something. Here we go. For episode 147, anything could happen. We're checking the box early because I want to talk to you about some of the stories you read you wrote this week on The Hollywood Reporter, including this one. I'm just going to read the headline and then we'll tell, you can tell me the story. The headline of a, a, a story posted on The Hollywood Reporter website today. The headline, mind you, headline is... Has anyone noticed that the TV industry has lost its shit lately? (laughs) Answer, yes. (laughs) Yes, you have noticed. And there goes our box. You should just check that box. Your box is checked. Box is preemptively checked, yes. That is very good. Um, Funnily enough, I guess, since I did swear already in the piece, uh, I think a couple of times. In fact, I think I might have taken out one, um, one reference to ass. Or mm. something, maybe an ass hat, perhaps. Who knows? Um, I normally do my own headlines, and then sometimes they tweak them a little bit. And I had put that very same headline in there, but I put in bleep, and you know that was kind of clever and whatever. And the copy just said, "Oh, I'm pretty sure we can use shit." So let me check on that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "In a headline, really?" And the woman is like, yeah, I think so. Let me check. She asked the copy chief, and he's like, absolutely. So you learn something new every day. <laughs> well, I, you, the, the web is great, isn't it? Um, I love so, the web. So, so take take me through what you what prompted you to write this and what what the uh what the subject matter is here because it's i mean there's so much going on right there is the there is the jeff bezos apparently giving his entertainment people at amazon uh a a directive to look for hits instead (laughs) of quirky dramas and paying woody allen um and it's netflix suggesting Netflix's money person, like their CFO, suggesting their that CFO. They, they might back off on some of the content expenditures. And meanwhile, um, Apple, but good joke, by the way, good iPhone 10 joke <laughs> that you put in. Thank Apple's you. revving up its uh, <laughs> content engine. Hulu's getting in line, spending less money, getting in line to maybe win a bunch of Emmys for The Handmaid's Tale. There's just... And, uh, and as we've talked about here, those uh, cable channels... AMC and FX that are going to create their own over-the-top, uh, no commercial streaming services. So, what else? I mean, it's I all it's well. All right in the middle of that, of course, it is, uh, and I didn't even mention the ESPN part of it. But Disney saying we're taking all of our content off oh, yeah. of Netflix in 2019 might have had a little something to do with Netflix saying, "Okay, well, I guess we're going to tighten up the budget a little bit." Mm. I mean, who knows? But like, I, I guarantee you, like people, I, I saw comments. People were like, "Oh, I'm not going to." pay for a disney i'm like 
Oh, yes, you will. Yeah. You will definitely pay for the Disney skinny bundle streaming service. I can tell you why, because they're going to have Star Wars on it, and they're going to have Pixar movies. Oh, yeah, you are going to pay for that. And if they go into the vault at all, plus, by the way, they said, the part I didn't even put in there, is they're going to do original content and original movies on there as well. See. And people will be paying for that. Yeah, and not even, I mean, people with kids are going to pay for it. But, like, if Les Moonves can help launch... Uh, CBS All Access with a Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. Imagine if, yeah. in addition to all of the streaming Star Wars and stuff, there's a Star Wars original show or movie that's mm-hmm. on only on that service. Or oh, yeah. it's unclear about what they're going to do with Marvel, but similarly, you know, it's like they've got and and then the Disney properties, uh, the traditional animated properties, and 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 then some of their live action stuff. I mean. They could do it. I mean, it's yeah. it's they could make create originals. It's not just going to be a streaming library of of Disney movies, which alone, like the fact that they limit the release of a lot of that stuff. If they put all of their catalog up and you just pay monthly, people are going to pay. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I listen. I I would pay for it because they they do have a lot of. Well, certainly they have stuff in their vault as cartoons and things that classics. If they ever, if any of those ever got up, I would. I would stream that all the time. Um, it just the Star Wars movies and the Pixar movies. And the, I would do it just for the Pixar movies, by the way. Um, I can't imagine that it's going to be super expensive to do this, but um, that is. Uh, and it, they once it takes off and launches, and it will launch. This, this is to me that's a, one of the one of the easiest streaming service no brainers I think I can think of. Um, what's going to prevent them from putting uh, ABC content on there as a bonus? Yeah. Because in the future, when there is no, when, when, I mean, I'm not gonna say there is no networks, but there's certainly gonna be no scheduling, um, you can get a lot, a lot of play uh, by putting your ABC schedule on there. And once they look at the numbers on those, especially if they have any kind of advanced analytics that that, that Netflix and Hulu have, uh, um, I'm sure they're gonna do fine. And Amazon has them as well. So, uh, yeah, so that was, that was part of it. It, um, I looked at it, and, and I was barely trying to cover anything, and I couldn't go too in-depth with, with anybody, but I wanted to say, okay, all of this is happening in, like, the last week. It is kind of an unbelievable amount. I mean, obviously, the FX thing uh, and the AMC thing are, are a little older, but there are no... I look at around, and a few people covered it. Uh, Jason Lynch from Adweek did a great job on it. Um but as far as like looking at it as far as as the impact it's going to have on on the industry what's interesting about it is the cable people are not happy about it they at the same time that they're asking they said yes let's do this i think there's inevitability to it i think but no one look the cable people did not not want hbo to do hbo go um and of course they did and you couldn't stop them I'm sure they don't want ESPN to have a thing, and they're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, and you take the two of the top tier content providers, uh, and I'm sure TBS and TNT have something in the works that they're going to do if they don't already, but not on this level. Um, it's giving you an out. You're giving you an out to get exactly what you want. Again, we can circle back and say, how much money is that going to end up being? But as you've said many, many times, very savvily, like, okay, well, I, I, I get in and I binge all the stuff I want, then I get out, and then I wait for a while, and if they have new stuff and I have time to absorb it, I'll do it. Uh, so there's ways around those fees, but 
FX and AMC getting no commercial streaming. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. If I can get all of the content from FX from all the way back to the Shield, oh you bet, I'd be all over that. Yeah, and and then it becomes incumbent on the um, on the programmers to do what it, is the game HBO and Showtime have been playing all along, which is then you program year round mm-hmm. and make it painful to cancel. And that's yeah. that's that's how you do it. And if you're mm-hmm. just there for one show, then you 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 can either be in there for 13 weeks or 10 weeks, or you can wait until it's all there and then just dive in and binge it in one month and then get out. But uh, the ones that are the most successful at it will program enough stuff that you'll feel like you're getting your money's worth to keep it. Yeah, and and along those lines, by the way, I didn't do much writing on this, but in in July, Chris Albrecht, who runs Stars, said they will go to that model eventually. They will go to the model where, uh, you know, Outlander, because Outlander is really going to kick off it's going to be a huge like that's going to that has been kicking their um their uh, app that has been doing great mm. and it's been driven by outlander but then it's also been driven by power you know it's and and so they have other ones that they're going to keep going to uh american gods was a big one sure uh, and he said that once they start getting this launch then they're then they're um their linear model, as far as a schedule, will basically be driven by the app, because it'll be like, yes, we, we're going to have a new content like every month, so that when we get to twelve and then plus, you you don't want to quit because hey, here comes the next installment, and obviously there's not a whole lot of crossover because Stars does really a unique pro- uh, programming jumble where they attract a lot of uh, disparate uh, uh, fan bases. But if you can, as they work on honing that mix, they're going to try to stay relevant, relevant. And at least they're one of the few people who that say, we're going to figure this out because we, we know that people are going to stop if they, if there's nothing for us to offer them. So that's, that's interesting. And I actually wanted to get a, a you know, a feedback from you. We, this is probably a great time to remind people that you and I don't really prep a whole lot. I mean, you do all the prep work when you <laughs> yes. get stuff. If you're not a regular listener, you may not know that we <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, really that. prep for the show. We don't, we don't do a lot of that. But like one of the the element of this that I couldn't talk much about. I mean, there I actually like this column that I did because I, I think there's some some phrases in there that I was a fan of, uh, including Disney flicks. That was my one I, I quite liked. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I got to the part about you know, the two biggest streamers are are in some way they're they're reflecting. They're taking a moment of reflection, and it says for Amazon, are we doing the right thing? Are we going? Are we making the right shows? And to be specific, that's Jeff Bezos. Bezos, but saying, are we? And when he says, right. are we? Everybody's got to panic. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. oh shit! The billionaire yeah. is looking at us. What are we gonna do? And I found a story uh, uh, last night where he very clearly says, I told them that I thought that making this was a bad idea. And I told them that I didn't think this was going to work. And I told them I thought we shouldn't do it. But I also said, okay, if you guys are going to do it, then let's do it. And they did it. (laughs) And guess who was right? So Mm. that to me, when you put that in public... That to me is if if I'm Roy Price, I'm like you you were, you were on the clock, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Be- because uh, Jeff Bezos just said, "I told you not to make that, and you made it, and it sucked, and we're canceling it, and now I want Game of Thrones." 
And of course, I, as you, if you, if you looked over this, or if you haven't, I have no idea. But when people read it, they'll see that I made a little joke about Jeff Bezos wanting Game of Thrones because they're so easy. It's so easy to find. <laughs> so good luck with that. But as I went through these two, you know, and Netflix saying we may actually have to look at the bottom line and start not spending as much money. I, I'm like, you can glue my eyebrows as high as you want. I was stunned to see that. But the part that I didn't really develop much in this piece where you can help out is you got to I mean, you were there. You went to this Apple event. You wrote a lot of great stuff about like what this campus is like and this, this thing. I, what I took away from it and I'm a, I know, I know nothing really about Apple other than I'm a huge fan and I'm a buyer of their products in, I read this and and I saw their store, the store and the t-shirts and all the things that you wrote about. And I looked at this and I said, I, these guys, the timing of this is really interesting. And they're basically saying, okay, here's our, take a look at our new campus that we've been building. Um, also, here's the iPhone 8. Also, here's the iPhone X or 10 or whatever you're going to call it. Uh, that's like $1,000. And which is going to appeal so much in New York and Los Angeles to people who have a lot of money. Um, these are huge announcements, not even counting like their stuff on with the 4k. And I have to feel like there's, I have to feel, I could be wrong, but I sense that they're feeling their oats a little bit and they're putting things out like this television stuff that's going to do their original content when they make announcements pretty pretty big i feel like i I could be wrong i feel like we're not too far away from some pretty big apple announcements on the tv front yeah i mean the question is um those guys that they hired from sony are at work they've been at work for only a couple of weeks, two, three mm-hmm. weeks now. They made some mm-hmm. hires, right? We talked about that. They did. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Apple's got. Apple's got. Um, they got the cash. I so heard that. Uh, mm-hmm. and they they did just announce that 4K Apple TV. So they've got a 4K streamer box. It's way more expensive than any of the others, but that is Apple. Um, that's their mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, it depends on if they've got some people on speed dial who they've got good relationships with from the past who they can just basically say, hey, remember how we talked about that project that you always wanted to do and we could make it happen at Sony? I got a I got a big checkbook now. Um, mm-hmm. Let's do it at Apple. And they may do a wave of that. It's, it's possible. I mean, they don't have to announce anything now. They could lie in wait and be secret because Apple loves to do that. But I think in in the television industry, the truth is once the deal is made, the deal is out there. So um, I, I think that, that they're going to have to play by some different rules. And if they're making deals, I, I can't see that those executives are not going to be making deals this fall, right? And so right. The, the, the question is just like, when will it the first one drop? Where there's a mm-hmm. story, perhaps even on The Hollywood Reporter, who knows, where somebody, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. where somebody says, this is um, Apple's first big, you know, and, and then the new group, the new power center, this is their first big um, buy. And I think one of the questions is what game is Apple going to going to play? Because when I look at that Jeff Bezos thing, what I see is Jeff Bezos saying, "You guys are trying to be Netflix, BHBO." That's what I see. I see him saying, "Make mm-hmm. place fewer bets, but make them bigger because we want blockbusters." And I feel like that's what HBO does, 
much more than Netflix. Netflix doesn't seem to go for blockbusters so much as it goes for lots of content because mm-hmm. Netflix is worried that people are going to – that everybody else is going to take their content to their streaming services and leave them with nothing. And the right. only way Netflix survives is by having Netflix originals, so many of them that you can't not keep keep doing Netflix. But mm-hmm. that's kind of not HBO's game. I mean, they've got a back catalog too, but it really is about having one or two shows that you really want to watch that will keep you subscribing. And um, I don't know. That was my gut read of, of Bezos was he was saying, you know, swing for the fences. Don't try to build, you know, Amazon. Everybody's got Amazon Prime. Uh, we're doing fine with Amazon Prime. We don't really need to have t- 20 or 30 shows, but we want to have the big hits that are buzzworthy or award-worthy perhaps, but some combination of that. And I think, what game is Apple going to play? My gut feeling is Apple wants to play that game too. Apple would rather have um, would rather have some must, must-watches that require you to watch on an Apple product or something rather than, or subscribe to their service um, than build a giant content library like Netflix has been investing in doing. But that's my, right. that's just my, my gut feeling is that, is that it fits more with Apple's brand too, to have those um, prestige um, high budget and, and also like going for, um, you know, a lot of buzz and people talking that said, like you said, sure, dial up the old game of Thrones factory and one will come out like that. <laughs> it's not magic. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Um, things fail. Uh, game of Thrones is kind of a, you know, there, there aren't that many examples. What are the parallels to game of Thrones? Something like the walking dead. I mean, they don't happen that often that you get a big breakthrough hit. So, you know, good luck on that front but still i i you know my gut feeling is that apple is going to go in that direction too of of not sp- spending more per program but not not um, buying as much stuff because they don't necessarily need to do what netflix 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 to survive really has to be essential in a way that neither apple service nor amazon prime needs to be like that the programming is so essential i feel like netflix that's all they got. And if, if you think about it, all of their other licenses disappearing to, uh, to other services, everybody yeah. else takes their ball and goes home. I feel like Netflix is under the greatest pressure to have, uh, to have content. Yeah, and it's they're they're definitely different businesses. It would take Apple too way way too long to ramp up to the to the level of um, Netflix, who's had a many many year head start on them. Um, and Netflix is very clear, clearly defined on what they want to be, which is precisely how you explained it. Um, they are basically a broadcaster, um, and they do have some higher end stuff. I think that in the pursuit of things, I think they are often surprised at how good it is. Um, like, I don't think they had any idea that uh, making a murder or Stranger Things were going to do as well as they did. And, you know, I think that their philosophy on you know, churning around new product is really interesting. I think that like atypical was a, like, okay, but not great series. It was very, I think it was a very middle. You could have put that on a, a network show and that got renewed. I give it a very bad review. Um, uh, you know, they're okay with fuller houses and nostalgia. They're all over the map. I don't think Apple's going to be like that way, but I think that the next thing that we see from Apple will be really interesting. Whatever it is, it'll be interesting. I, I really hearken back to, I don't know how many podcasts ago when you and I talked about them buying things, I really feel like they are going to make a splash in in that area, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know what that will be. Um, but I also think that things have been weirdly quiet 
like all of a sudden you saw and, and you know they know these things were coming right like apple knew i'm sorry um netflix knew before disney announced it that disney was going to pull their stuff off i mean they knew that they had a running head start on that press release they were not blindsided by that um and it was probably they probably had that factored in for years that this was this was once Disney decides they're going to do their own thing, they won't need us and they're going to pull their stuff off. Um, and I do believe, by the way, Marvel Marvel's TV shows are going to stay on Netflix as part of the deal. Mm. Um, but I think that Netflix has been planning for this. And you're right. I think they're thinking we're way ahead of everybody else as a streamer. And when everybody else gets going and if they ma- if they manage some magic and they I'm sure they factored Disney into it and and Amazon Maybe Hulu. I'm not sure how much they thought Hulu was going to make a dent. Um, and they probably thought the smaller players would be exactly what they were going to be, FX and AMC and you know maybe ESPN on the sports stuff. But um, they planned for this stuff to, to, to go away. For But as far as Apple goes, I, I, I just wonder... So, so, oh, so just to, to, to finish that thought, I, you know, they... Netflix grabs Shonda Rhimes... Um, I don't know whether that means that they're going to, that, I mean, it makes content, but does it really make it really interesting stuff? I'm not quite sure, but, um, you know, and then they got the, they've, they've got some exclusives with, uh, Kirkman and the other guys and people are trying to get exclusive, exclusive content creators. Right. I get that. But if you look back at the timeline of those announcements, it's been awfully quiet right now. And, I would have thought they would have started going like dominoes and it makes me think that no one can announce anything right now because there's furious bidding. That's just my <laughs> guess. I really think there's furious bidding right now and you know Apple better than I know Apple, but I don't see them. I think they're past the days of poking their toe in the water. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in. They're in. And if they're in and they have that money, I think that they're negotiating right now. And I don't think, because if you look back at the Hollywood Reporter over the last, you know, I don't know how many weeks there was a flurry of Netflix grabbing a bunch of people and announcing it. And of course they announced the Shonda Rhimes thing exactly when FX was doing their TCA press stuff. Um, or they actually, I'm sorry, they announced the stuff with um, the Coen brothers. So people are grabbing creators, but then now there's been a huge lull. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's super quiet. And I think that's because people who are big players are being wooed by uh, by three or maybe four different streamers right now including and then also hbo well we'll uh we'll cover it when it happens obviously here and Mm -hmm. i think i think it's inevitable that there'll be more shoes to drop right more shoes to drop yeah uh so we should talk at least briefly about riviera which is this really weird project (laughs) where um that the stars julia styles and it like has a really great pedigree with neil jordan and uh, john banville who won the booker prize Mm -hmm. and then apparently they (laughs) left the project and their stuff was all rewritten and they hate it and have disowned it and Mm -hmm. uh but it still did big ratings in europe so we get to see it now yay (laughs) Well, is it like as my review? I'm sure we'll have a link to it. But the 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 backstory is way more interesting than the actual series. I mean, they got kind of like knocked around by U2's former manager Paul yeah. McGinnis. It's it's like I love it. Like you think of Paul McGinnis, 
And guys like and you too. The guys got tons of money. Everybody has tons of money. They've been on the. They they can do as many trips to the south of France as they want, and they can go to Monaco and uh, the Riviera as much as they want. And obviously, he sprung an idea uh, and came up with an idea and presented it to, to to Neil Jordan, who said, "Yeah, I can make that happen." And he and John Vanville went to work on it, and they wrote two episodes. Um, and then I think the missing part of that is like they probably thought, "Oh, you guys are just like." We're done with you guys. We did our. We did the best thing we could. We, we left. They didn't know that their stuff was going to be re- rewritten and reworked, um, which is a shame. Yeah. But yeah, the Riviera is is kind of a disaster, and it's funny that someone like Paul McGinnis and some of the other producers can say, "Okay, we're gonna take, we're gonna take these this Neil Jordan who does great work." And Banville, who's an amazing writer, and say, eh, none of that stuff. We're going to rewrite it. We're going to insert sex scenes that where they shouldn't have been. We're going to put a bunch of expository dialogue to cover up the fact that we totally fucked around with their copy. It's it's a great story. It's a better story than it is a series. Um, but it does strike me as, as I said in the review, it's very much, I mean, they can't hold a candle to um, the night manager because the writing in the night manager is not bad, um, It it but it's really bad in this one. Um, and the acting in the night manager is really great. I will say one thing about people who shouldn't, you shouldn't watch Riviera unless you love Monaco as I do. Um, and wish I could, I could get down there at some point and hopefully it might because they have an amazing TV festival there. Um, so that would be great. <laughs> Maybe they'll ask you and I to go do a oh, sure. In, sure. in Monaco. Call us Monaco. <laughs> I would love uh, you to take your iPhone 10 or whatever you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And I want you to videotape your wife when you tell her, honey, uh, we got invited to, well, not we, Tim right. and I got invited to Monaco to do uh, our podcast. It's a, <laughs> Just the, like we did in The Festival Vancouver. de Television de, Mar- de Monte Carlo <laughs> in June. Neither one of us can speak any French, no. I don't think. And uh, away we go. Um, no. I mean, no. So it, it could happen. Non. Uh, so here, here's the thing, though, about, about Riviera. Besides the fact that it looks pretty. Um, I always love when they throw a bunch of international actors together. There's guys from Germany and France and Britain and America. And I, as a pre- as a preface to this, because I'm I'm very hyper aware of these things, especially as a as a male saying these things. But there's a lot of actors I don't get. Like I don't get the appeal of certain actors, men, male actors, and like he's he really like a leading guy i mean he does something for you like i, I don't get that so I've, I've said that many times i just want to add i don't understand the julia styles thing she is the star of of riviera and i'm forever mystified i always think she's someone else for starters and then i'm like julia styles and then she acts in it and i'm like huh i do not get this like i sometimes you get somebody who's like an amazing actress or you sometimes you say oh i know why this actor or actress in there look at how they look they're amazeballs look at them they you can't take their eyes off of them sometimes they're great actors and great looking this happens in hollywood all the time i i don't understand any of these actors they hire for for riviera i was just like who is this guy he's from he's from where uh yeah so well, it's, it's kind of a mess all over the all over the place, and I, I don't understand it. Also, nobody's going to see it probably because it is on Sundance now, which is the Sundance streaming channel. Is that right? That is a new thing. I probably should have said that uh, at the get go. Um, I would totally watch at Sundance now, but I didn't know that. Uh, for example, 
Casey Bloys, who runs HBO, when Casey picks up a show, it's going to go on HBO Go and HBO Now. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that Riviera is ever going to see the light of day on Sundance TV. Right. But you can find it on Sundance Now. So that's fascinating um, that maybe you've got different people programming these these little platforms. So. Or they just picked it up as a as a streaming only bonus, like mm-hmm. you know, for, acquisition. for cheap or something. Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah. there it is, and now you don't there need is. to watch it because everybody, nope. you've heard the story. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that you wrote is a, a season two check in on Better Things, Pamela Adlon's FX show, and uh, sounds like uh, still going good. Uh, it's fantastic. I. Um... I don't need to go on and on about this other than to be very, very direct. It's one of the best shows on television. Um, it was very good last year. It's great now. And uh, if you were to fire up your computer, anybody who's in the listening to this, and click on uh, or just search for better things, you will find no end to uh, television critics from across the country and Canada who are saying, oh, my God, this show is now full-on, undeniably great. I was happy that we were out very early in our review um, saying that exact same thing because uh, I was a big fan of the first season and the second season is takes it to a different level and it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful series. Um, uh, just I can't say enough about it, but I, just read the review and you'll see how much I said about it. But um, in fairness to everybody else, just Google better things and you will see tons and tons of, uh, uh, I think James, uh, Panawazek from, um, uh, New York times said that he would be surprised if it wasn't, uh, an Emmy winner and contender from here on out. Hmm. So there you go. Wow. All right. So people can check that out. And that's FX. That's FX. We actually gave more time to Riviera, the worst show, and gave less time to well something that everybody should watch. Fascinating uh, failure versus thing that's just it's good and you should watch it. You know, I, I yeah. sort of see that. From and time kind to of time. an amazing backstory. How do you how do you chop up Neil Jordan and John Banville's? <laughs> yeah, I, stuff. I love. I mean, <laughs> how obviously t- t- terrible that experience was, and that they talked about it too. That they went into the. Uh, just the details of yeah we were off the show and then they rewrote it and inserted all this crap that is stupid and and you as a reviewer are like yeah well that explains it <laughs> like well, how could these guys thank, write this oh i see oh yeah and thank god i did like google that because and looked at the background because neil jordan he seems like a very forgiving fellow and he uh he basically was ignoring it all but then he kept getting pestered by people um because the british critics were saying Oh my God, Neil Jordan and, and John Manville wrote the worst things they've ever written. And I guess that kept popping up. And they both finally said, or at least certainly Jordan said, you know, enough of that. I, that's not my work. And it turned into a really great story where I, I think he put it off for a really long time. I think you or I would have been like all over it. We would have had like a press release. Let's, this has been rewritten. He was just kind of working on another project and like, yeah, I wish them all the luck in the world. Go for it. Um, but I guess when it reached peak, um, your stuff is crappy. He finally said, "Okay, this is actually not my stuff," which is kind of kind of really interesting to me. Ouch! Uh, I yeah. I had a question for you. This is Ooh. this is which I you may or may not be able to answer. You may, you may know things that you can't talk about just yet. But I'm I'm curious. Uh, it was reported this week that while TV critics are being given advance screeners of star trek discovery 
they have been embargoed until airtime, which is leading a lot of people to feel like, what does this mean? Does this mean CBS is terrified of bad reviews and they want everybody to sign up for CBS all access before they know? Or is this or do they just want to keep secrets and keep the mystique? Or is it just, you know, what's the reasoning here? So I wanted to ask you, um, is that is that unusual? And if it, if if a network does embargo things so that no reviews can run in advance of the show, um, why do they do that? Well, I think for starters, in this instance, I think there's been a lot of stuff, and I haven't been super monitoring it because it's not a show that I'm reviewing. It's Dan's. Yeah, I've, well, I figured. That. Yeah, spaceships um, and stuff. I mean, that's right? Yeah, not your it's, not your back. Um, yeah, and it's it's also just uh, um, I I think that the uh, the actual story because I think that story is wrong. The real story, according to Dan, is that no one is getting advanced screeners, not one person. Oh, and so no one is getting any screeners at all. So if anybody says they have a screener, they are lying. Interesting. Or they have just exposed a gigantic favoritism clause. What is happening is that, um, you know, just basically just like um, uh, Twin Peaks, you are critics are being invited in New York. You have to be in New York or Los Angeles, nowhere else. Uh, And you can go see the first two hours. Uh, Only the first hour, I think, is going to be on CBS. Right. You can go see the first two hours um, at the preview. You do have to sign... um, uh, a, a waiver that you will not just like Twin Peaks. You will not review it until it is either started. Like, this part I'm unclear on. Either started or finished on network television on CBS. Hmm. Then you can review it. Um, so I think that there's some frustration, certainly on Dan's part, that he has to go through that again. And um, but as as I said, this is. To me, this is absolute business. This is business. And I think the idea is, well, I mean, you questioned, I think, a, a number of times previously, like, why, what happens if CBS puts it on on Star Trek on its linear channel and it does great, huge numbers? What then? Um, but just them deciding to put it on there. I mean, you can think about it in an old school way. We're going to give you a taste of it on the linear and you're going to love it, we think. And then you're going to need to pay us all this money to watch on CBS All Access, the rest of it. Um, I think once they made that decision, it's kind of sounded like how things had worked in the past. Um, it probably made a lot of sense. And then they started thinking, oh, but w- wait a minute. What if people hate it and then they will not want to see another episode of it and they will not subscribe to CBS All Access? So I think these constraints were put on basically to protect the bottom line of um, uh, subscription services regarding all access. I think that the, the goal is you want this, you've got to, it's, it is driving the lifeblood of, uh, of CBS all access. Mm. So that's, that's, they're just protecting it. That's my, that's what I think. All right. Well, we'll see what the reviews are like, but uh, there's definitely a lot of consternation. Like, are they hiding it and all of that? And I mean, maybe, but um 
Uh, who knows? I guess we'll find out. But th- it's interesting that it's it's not it's not qu- it's like Twin Peaks where they're not doing screeners. They are letting people go to screenings under an embargo. Yeah, and that's and that's happened before. And I, I always call bullshit on that. And I'm sure Dan does not want to go do this uh, and be herded into it. Because if you're gonna go, if you're gonna herd me into the, I think you know, if you're gonna herd me into a theater in New York or Los Angeles, probably on a day that no one wants to be out. Then at least let me write about it after I after right. I see it. I mean, you're literally going to the, all this trouble to see this thing in advance so that you can write something to gain what you know. You could write a review after it airs, and and you you'd be an hour late or something. But that's it. Like it's not a huge advantage to put in all the time and effort to see it in advance. You just get a pre written story to drop at the embargo time. But you know, an hour later, every, everybody else is going to be doing theirs too. Yeah, and I, I, I see from an old school business perspective why they did it, but then I, from a new school business perspective and somebody who understands what geek passion is all about, um, having seen it in others, um, <laughs> well, well done. I, I think you, I think you probably would agree that like if you were a huge uh, Star Trek fan, which you are, uh, I am. A lot of people, maybe not you, but a lot of people would have just said, "I don't care. Don't I don't need to see the first hour on CBS. I'll, I'm all in." I want to see all the episodes because I like Brian Fuller and I think this is a pretty great cast and I want to see this how they how they take the story. So I'm going to give you all my money, CBS. I don't think they, ne- they didn't need to put it on CBS at yeah. all. And it's not like the, I mean they're right they're airing it on CBS too. So like the idea that people are waiting uh, if if they hide the reviews they're going to be able to hide it. It's like people can watch it for free on CBS and see whether they like it or not before they get to the the second episode. So I'm not quite sure what, what holding the reviews really does. Um, I don't know what it does either. I think it's just, other I think than it's create stupid. a great mystery about the. I mean, there's been so little leaked about the show that it's a it's a great mystery about what it's going to be. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe some very clever marketing person said, "No, we'll we'll be a complete mystery. No one will know, and everybody will watch to find out." And then you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's very mysterious. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, we're gonna do this one tight and bright. So yeah. uh, I don't know if you want to Columbo me on nope. on any time. I I I don't have that many uh, letters here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I think hold them for next time. Other than I will say that we got a nice tweet from listener Marina who pointed out that the Americans has started airing on Russian TV with the tagline "Root for our side." I love that. Which Thank is you, Marina for pointing that out. Amazing. So <laughs> it is really kind of amazing. That is you know pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, other than that, we're gonna, I think, leave uh, leave it to uh, to n- till next time when we'll be back to talk more. Yes, but we'll just leave yeah. it tight. We we covered a lot of ground on this one. We did a lot of ground, a lot of ground. So uh, you can reach us, of course. Please do send in more uh, letters and e- letters and tweets and things. Podcast at tvtalkmachine.com or tweet at us at tvtm. You can also go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash tvtalkmachine, and reach us there. I'm Jay Snell on Twitter, and Tim is Bastard Machine on Twitter. And that's it. Until next week, Tim, have a good weekend. You too.